We've won again! This is good. But what is best in life? How about... Howdy, howdy, howdy. Guess what, folks? Garage Gamer. That's right. We haven't done one in a while because life is a horrible, disgusting, sad, and pathetic mess. But not today. That's right, not today, because today, folks, it's Garage Gamer. I am at Gen Con. If you don't know what Gen Con is, Gen Con is the biggest gaming convention on the planet. Happens annually in Indianapolis, Indiana. And this year, I'm here with not only my son Harrison, but my good friend Kevin from Six Squared Studios. And this is the first of what hopefully turns out to be several episodes. Um, We've been out all day um, doing Gen Con stuff. And we're back here in the hotel. We've had a couple of uh, uh, Coke Zeros. And we're loosened up, and we're going to get on the mics here and just talk about all the cool stuff that we did today. And there was some pretty cool stuff. Um, Warning, if you are a person who hears about a cool new game and runs out to buy it, hide your wallet. Hand it over to someone who's responsible, because we saw a lot of cool stuff today. (laughs) So first, I want to welcome on Kevin from Six Squared Studios. Kevin, thank you for uh, doing this with me. Oh, thank you very much for asking me to do this. I'm really looking forward to these next couple of days with you and Harrison. Uh, Me too. And I got to say, I'm I'm a little sad, because I really thought this would be a four-person Episode. I really thought Brad would be here. And those of you who don't know Brad, uh, Kevin may be the face of Six Squared Studios. Kevin may be the uh, you know the extrovert guy out there talking to people, but Brad is the other half. The guy who is a little shy doesn't like to be the face, but I think we could all agree he is an essential and beloved part of Six Squared. And I was hoping. He would be here today, and he couldn't make it to Gen Con. So I just want to say hello to Brad, uh, and uh, if he's if he's listening, and say that we miss him. Oh, Brad listens. Brad definitely <laughs> listens to the show. He listens to podcasts constantly. He can't not have something going through his head when he's doing his regular work and that. And I really miss having Brad here too. Uh, it was weird coming back to Gen Con after these past few years uh, and not having him in the car. Uh, to uh, help us get through here and be my uh, Indiana Jones. He's always able to find something in a hidden nook and cranny that I miss. Indiana Jones in Indianapolis? Uh, I see what you did there. I see exactly. what you did there. Exactly. It works really well. No, he's a, he's a master at that. He can go into my garage at home, which is uh, a hoarder's dream for gaming, and he will find things I didn't realize I even had. He's just amazing <laughs> at it. But he couldn't come this time. He has... Uh, uh, an amazing family, uh, the two kids, uh, a loving wife, uh, and on top of that all, someone had to stay to keep on working on our new store. 
Yeah, the new store. We're going to talk a bit about the new store once we talk about all the nonsense you've been doing the last two days. Mm. Now, you were here and you were here yesterday uh, before the official open of Gen Con because you were at Trade Day, which is for business owners and stuff like that, I believe. Am I correct how that works? Yeah, exactly. Trade Day is one of those days where uh, sharing of best practices, not only for retail people, but distributors and uh, teachers, librarians. I met a lot of amazing people, and I learned so much. We have such a great community. And if you just sit down and listen for a while, maybe have a beverage while you do it, uh, you can learn so much that's going to advance your own hobby. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, So... You were doing that on trade day. So then uh, we got here Mm -hmm. yesterday. Uh, We were hanging out. You agreed to do this. And so today was the official, the first official day of Gen Con. Now, you got up and went out early, got some breakfast, headed out. Um, Harrison and I uh, slept in a little bit because um, we're sort of taking it easy, having been to Gen Con a bunch of times and not having any sort of a... Uh, for those of you who don't know, the, the the vendors hall is like eight billion square feet of of stuff with every major game company here, and a lot of them put out Gen Con exclusive stuff. Or we're going to have this thing at Gen Con, or the first chance you're going to get to get it is at Gen Con. Mm-hmm. And so when that vendors hall opens at ten o'clock, there are literally thousands of people standing outside waiting to get in because they got to get in and get that thing before it sells out. Um, I, I don't... Not me. I used to be that guy. And I have no problem with anyone who is that guy. I'm too damn old. And I there's nothing... There is nothing that I need in this world that I can't wait a little longer for. <laughs> well, prior to this, I used to always be uh, a VIG, a uh, very important gamer. I paid the extra money. One of the reasons was I could make sure I got the hotel I wanted. We still got lucky this year, yep. so it was good. Uh, but the other part of it was we got an hour early in the dealer hall. Now, that program no longer exists, but, uh, yeah, uh, trying to fight that throng going in there to get those first copies just wasn't in the cards this year. I, I actually haven't been in the dealer hall at all yet because I end up spending most of my day today in the auction hall, which is an amazing place to be as well. Uh, there are different categories. So the way they work the, the auction hall is every hour or two they switch categories. So they start off with family board games, for example, today. Then they move on to... Uh, War games, uh, not not too much uh, GW stuff at that time. It's more of those uh, old uh, chit uh, type games where uh, the military C H I T. It's a Canadian term meaning small little square, um, but which I have six of them. Uh, hence the name where we got our company from. But the whole thing is they had that. And then they went into, of course, uh, first and second edition AD&D. And uh, my goal today was to find things to make uh, our new store some place where you can go in and you won't, don't know where to look first. Uh, like I said, we're not trying to make a game store. We're trying to make a community space. And I want to share my joys from my childhood and show the people why this the store, why gaming means so much to me, and to Brad, who's a, a couple of years younger, but he still has that same sort of feel about the about the nostalgia and the legacy of our games. Cool. So you're you're picking up a you're buying a lot of older versions of games to have at your game store. 
uh, or at the community, uh, you know, area. Um, that you brought it. I, was, I felt so bad. I thought it was. I thought it was housekeeping coming to bring us more towels. <laughs> and I hear rattling at the door, and I was like, "Come in," because I figured they must have a key. And all of a the door opens, and I'm getting up, and I'm walking over to get towels. And in comes Kevin with a duffel bag that looks like he's got a body in it. It's that big. And this pile, like his arms are stretched out straight. His chin is holding the top of the pile of this these, this slew of older board games. Some used, some still sealed. Uh, it was crazy. And then the best part is he puts it all down. And then he's like, I got to go back out. He's like, I still haven't gotten the stuff I really want. And that was the second part. And he's like, oh, this one should be easier, though, because it's just books. It's just the magazines. So yeah. you, you were looking for all the original Dungeons and Dragons. The modules. Modules. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the uh, some you know old Dragon magazine, that type of stuff. The Dungeons and Dragons models. What are you going to do with all those old modules? Uh, they're going to be up on the wall because the great thing about it is these ones, these arts, like it's a piece of art, those front covers. You have Elmore, which is like a legendary artist. You have all these other old school artists uh, from the Gygax era of, of the hobby that I just want to put those on the wall so people realize now that we're playing 5e, which we all love. But the thing is, this started back 40, 50 years ago, and I want to show them that progression. That's it's I I cannot wait to see your store when it's finished with all this old these older gaming things up on the wall just like as displays um while other people are just gaming around the you know the with all their other stuff I'm I'm very excited. We talked about this quite a bit yesterday. Yeah. And you're giving me the whole rundown and I'm like this is going to be amazing. Like I am so excited for you and for what this is going to be for uh, six squared. I, I hope it's going to be something special because when I decided to do this, it's that I didn't want to just have a game store. And like that's no offense to game stores because we all have the ones that are the mainstay of our communities, those friendly local gaming stores. That's where we build, we make the friendships, we build up our, our gaming groups. But I want to have something spectacular. And when this opportunity came up for us to have this 6,400 square foot space, and it's a unique space uh, that I couldn't resist. And uh, that's what we're working on now. That's why Brad's still there. He's putting in, like, the new flooring and uh, taking down walls and that sort of thing. And the space is we want to make it spectacular. We want something where someone comes in and there's that shock and awe factor. You have the grand foyer at the, at the downstairs. You go through this next section. It feels like you're in a submarine because that's how we're decorating it. Then you go around the corner to this grand staircase a la Harry Potter without the ghosts and moving stairwells that's going to be fully decked out and decorated. Uh, and then you finally get into the main space where all of a sudden you open up this vast area where we're going to have 16 gaming tables for our war games plus other game uh, tables for cards and for board games as well as we'll have have specialized rooms so we'll have our print farm there because six court studios is still someone that creates unique items for our the gaming community but we'll also have a room dedicated for role-playing and we'll also have which you might be interested in dave we'll have actually a studio up there for live podcasts uh that can be done for streaming that uh, complement the gaming that happens in in the in the space. Nice, very nice. That's so awesome. I like I, said, I just I'm so happy for you 
like I know how much you've wanted to get this put together and just look you, I mean you had that that bright-eyed excited look of a little kid when you were explaining it to me yesterday and I'm I'm so happy that you're able to find now folks so he goes out he goes come he goes this this trip will be easier mm. I'm just looking for dungeon modules he opens the door He's got this weird old game that I escape from something, and it's a, it's Escape from Something Castle or whatever that game was you brought That's in. That's an old war game. It just had a great cover. It's the size of a pizza box, mm-hmm. a big pizza box. And I'm looking at this thing, and I'm like, okay. And he's huffing and puffing. I'm like, what is happening? And as he comes around the corner, he's got this one box in his hand, but his duffel bag, again, is full. Looks like he's carrying a body in it. And he bought... All the magazines ever. So now the thing he thought would be easier, the uh, the first one was full of board games. Yeah. So there's space and move and rooms. Here he comes in with a duffel bag full of paper, just solid, boarded and bagged magazines and dungeon modules. I put to pick it up. I'm like, oh dear lord! It was crazy. I, I wasn't. I- Density. I should realize or remember that from school, especially with you being here, being a school teacher. I should remember that it's not the idea of volume; it's density, and that almost killed me, Dave. Uh, that 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 was rough. But the best part is, I got a lot of those original modules. Uh, I got oh, for terrain guys like us. Uh, I found the first published box set of. D&D tiles back from the early 80s. It's the first company to ever produce something like that. I found one in Shrink. Now, these things aren't being sold in the store, folks, so you can come and look at it. I won't even let you touch it, like poke it with a finger, but this is going to stay with, with my, my, my collection that I'll share. Like Part of the store is going to be kind of museum-y, and I'm looking forward to that part. That sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, I just, like I said, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. So, while Kevin was doing all of that, mm. Harrison and I got up and uh, headed over there, and we did all the preliminary things we had to do to make sure we had our wristbands and made sure our, our our badges and stuff were ready. And then we went down and didn't realize it was like ten minutes before the vendor hall opened. We just didn't realize what time it was because we had, we usually get there pretty early, so come in there a little bit later. I just assumed everything was open. And then all of a sudden, the hallway where that we were in, there's a wide hallway. This is a convention center, you know. There was a lot of people in it moving around, but suddenly there's a lot of people milling around, and there's more and more people, and it's getting super crowded. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, it's getting crowded here, Harrison. Let's just move. Let's go to the vendor hall. He's like, okay. And we start walking over there, and then I realize it is three minutes to 10. The hall hasn't opened yet, and it's opening day, and all of these people are waiting to get in. And oh, I might as well introduce, since he's here now, Harrison. Hi. And Harrison looked at me, and I said, oh, wait a minute. It's not open yet. Yeah, I, neither one of us really realized how early it was at the time. We kind of thought it would take longer to get our vaccine wristbands and all that jazz. And so there we were. And I looked at him, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be a madhouse. And we both agreed, let's just go sit down over here. And wait till these people go by because we once again we didn't need to rush in. We didn't need yeah, to be Yeah, I'm not I'm not about that. No, thank you. And it took several minutes for that crowd to completely like there were still people outside because there's like always people outside. Minutes, yeah. But I mean I don't think it was that long, but I mean it was that long before we went in because it was several minutes of the crowd just walking past us going into this giant hall. 
probably, I mean, literally about five minutes. And then the next ten minutes were people who realized it was open and were coming through. In the, the, yeah, that the, was just like a continuous stream of people going yeah, in. The trickle-down stream of people. Finally, we decide, okay, let's go in. And as we walk now, it is, you get, we went down the hallway, and we get into this open area that goes to the left and the right. And there's about three entrances, because that's how big the hall is. you got three double doors opening up. Uh, left to front of us, right, and then if you look down to the right, the the hall, you know, the wall comes across and turns, and there's open doors there too. So you've got uh, doors uh, just to the in front of us and doors to the right of us, and we're about to walk in front of us, and I look over to the right, and there's a giant ultramarine on the stand, standing there with his bolter. It was pretty big, yeah. And I'm looking at it, and I go, oh wait. That's where there's that's where Games Workshop's booth must be. Let's go in there first. I said that was probably a good guess. So we go in there and they've got the Forge World stuff there. They got all that stuff there. I mean it's it's Games Workshop is there. They're doing demos of Blood Bowl and Kill Team and stuff like that, and they've got all this stuff going on. Everything that I've all, you know, I, I know all this stuff. I stopped to look through the the prints that they had there, uh, to see if they had any of the Horus versus the Emperor. They, they had uh, all of the different, or well, a lot of different uh, chapters, like individual pieces for Horus Heresy. They did. They had shoulder pads, and they had the different little characters for the different uh, legions. Um, and so we kind of went through there. Now, we, like I said, we weren't planning on picking up anything. We just planned on looking around. And then, Harrison, what was the game you saw? I looked up and I saw a big sign for a Stellaris board game. And I'm like, hey, Stellaris, I know that game. So and, I started walking over to that. And I didn't. And I asked, what is Stellaris? And it is... It's a grand strategy game by Paradox, similar to Hearts of Iron or Europa Universalis. But it's also really big and in space, and your computer can't run the end game because it gets too big and complicated, so the game slows down to, like, a one-quarter speed. Does it really? Like, you can't run it? Oh, it's really bad. It's super fun, but if you don't win early, it gets hard to play. Uh, so he's looking at that, and then we're looking at some of the other games on there, and we did find a cool game. Yeah. This game is called um, Reality Shift. Thanks, I can't read. <laughs> um, it's it's a racing game uh, where you have little... And at first we looked at it because there's a board with little lines across it, like little tracks. But then there's these little plastic cubes with different colors and different colored tracks sort of piled up around the board. And they're like big. They're like Rubik's Cube size. Like they were not... These are like not small game pieces. I think they were about three... They were, they were about three inches across. Yeah, so definitely Hellraiser type. Yeah. yeah, and we're looking at this, and then there's little tokens on the cubes, and I go to pick one up because it looks like a plastic edge with a paper insert, but it's not. It's all plastic, and I'm like, this is kind of cool. Harrison, look at this, and he's looking at the cube, and I'm like, and of course, you can't pick the, the guy. Hey, how's it going? Uh, let me tell you about my game, and we're like, oh, okay. I mean, it is what we're here for. It's a racing game. It's like Tron Light Cycles. <laughs> well, it looked like a bit like Cyril, though, too. Like the idea of, of making the pass and trying to screw your neighbor sort of idea. It was actually a little bit like Cyril. When you, act, when you mentioned that, I was actually like, it, it was a, like, I was like, oh, I, I didn't even consider that. But yeah, it, act, it feels a lot like Cyril meets like 
I, 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 don't, I don't even know. Like Tron bike races. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Zero meets Tron bike races. Done. So Sold. All the cubes are plastic because at the center of each side, it's magnetic. So your car can stick to it even if it's sideways. But the cubes are on top of the regular track. And then as you're trying, you basically you start off there as one cube has a starting marker and one cube has an end marker. And you get to do your moves and you have cards and the cubes have different colored sides. And the side that's facing up, if you have a card with that color, you can do different things with the cube. Like there's a picture where it's got a. Uh, it looks almost like a, an axle, like a tire axle. It's got the two rings with the, and it's on the corner of the of the cube. So if you use that one, you can flip it on its corner. So like move it. So it's like it's sitting here and it can tip over. And basically, hit there's the next spot. There's a couple of different actions that you can take with them. That you can slide them around the board. You can rotate them in space, or you can rotate them essentially on an axis that goes through the center of the cube or you can rotate rotate them on a hinge so, so they're magnetized actually, well no you when you wrote you're just actually picking them up and moving them they're magnetized right in the center of each flat part of the cube so right. that your so that your your tokens can stay on them because what could end up happening is you're taking your light cycle up the side of a cube for some reason or you're going through the side of something because yeah, that's how you're trying to get to the because end. Because it gets moved. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So it's it goes beyond zero because it's not just X, Y axis. You're also doing Z axis then. Yes. That is awesome. I can't wait for us to play that. We are going to play that when we're done recording. We're going to play that as soon as we're done. And yeah. good night, folks. We'll see you <laughs> next time. <laughs> uh, and they were running a super deal. They had that set and the deluxe set. Uh, and if you bought them together, it was basically just slightly more expensive than the retail price in the deluxe set. You could buy either of them for cheaper than retail, but if you bought them together, you basically got both for the pretty much the retail price of the deluxe set. Um, and basically, there's a par- you can add in the extra cubes and things like that and extra cards from the deluxe set into your base game. And then you have more things to do. We all like that, right? Yeah. Do you guys know how many players it's uh, made Hold for? Hold on, I'll look. I think four, because there's four things in the box, but I could be wrong. It says two to four players on the basic set. I mm-hmm. don't know if it goes up. Uh, I think it might go up to five in the deluxe set. I oh, think. good. But, uh, I mean, it does. It looks like Tron Light Cycles on the box. And it's just basically, there's, like I said, one cube, one face has a start, one face has an end. Uh, There is a cube that looks all spirally, and that cube, there's no tracks on it. You just can't go through it. You can also, if the cube rolls over onto your bike, Mm -hmm. you get zapped and you You get crushed. And you have to go back to start because you literally can One get crushed. One of the other things is that when you roll the die to determine how far you go, you have to go that far. And if your track runs out of track, you get zapped and you just have to start at the beginning again. It's it, it's like Tron. You respawn. It's awesome. Yeah, there's no stopping. If you roll a four, you're moving four. You better figure out a way to move four. Right. Because if you can't move anymore, you crash. Very cool. So it's, it's like racing game, but there's also the idea of that whole puzzle aspect to it. You can shift the track. It's called reality shift. You can literally shift and change the track as you're racing it. Oh, neat. neat. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it's like if you're in Tron and you can also hack the game that you're actually playing. So this uh, we looked at that. 
That was the first thing we looked at. And we kept walking around because it is now it is a lot of people. And the the hall is huge. We're talking it's got to be a hundred yards from the front to the back. It's got to be the length of a football field, I would think, from that from on the, the narrow way down those oh, it's down multiple, the aisles. It's multiple football fields. Well, no, what I'm thinking yeah. is if you come in on the, the like going up the narrow way, like the numbered aisles. Yeah. It's about a football field, like maybe more. Mm-hmm. But there are 30 aisles, I think. 32 aisles? Something like that. There's hundreds of vendors. Yeah. It's bananas how much stuff is here. We went through a half of it today and took a break. We're, I'm like, it's it, plus, it's a lot of people. It gets hot in there. And for those of you who don't know me, I'm very fat, and I, 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 I break a sweat just existing. I usually am pretty cold, and even at the even when we were getting there, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is getting this is getting a little hot in here. What's it was going getting on? warm, so we we exited. We figured we'll look at the rest tomorrow, and that'll give us something to talk about when we record tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what is it, Modifus? We went over there and looked at some of their stuff, didn't we? Yeah, we looked at. They had mostly their minis and things like that out. They would do like the Elder Scrolls miniature game and things like that. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, what was uh, what was the role playing game we looked at? Um, the Witcher. That yes, the Witcher RPG with a lot of extra books and stuff. There's a there's a couple extra lore books and an adventure path and well, not an adventure path because that's proprietary, but you know what I mean. And um, campaign a, a, book, a mage, a, a mage, a, ma- a mage uh, source book. Mm-hmm. Which I I didn't even know these existed. I just went and I knew that the core existed because I bought it a few years ago here at Gen Con, like 2018, I think. And that's what's great about Gen Con or any big convention that gets a lot of vendors. Those we find these smaller companies or these companies have like deeper uh, libraries than our local stores have. Yeah, that's exactly what I was in because I was. It was crazy because we were walking through. We were walking through the vendor hall, and Dad was like looking at things. He's like, "Oh, this looks cool." I'm like, "I sell that. Don't worry. I we can get that at home." You know? <laughs> oh, this looks cool. I sell that. Don't worry. I can get that at home. Like, but I'm sitting there. I'm like, I do. I do sell The Witcher, but I only have the core books and stock. So I didn't. I I didn't know that these books existed. So you have The Witcher, so I could sit around and read that one. Um, no, I bought that one for Uncle Chris, but. Oh, okay. I can get it. Well, like, no, that's fine. Big, I just it's I, not that big a deal. That, that's fine. I've I have just I I I'm, I can I'm text listening Declan to right now and tell him to, so, and tell him to put great. it on hold for me. That's we're we're good. I'm not that I'm not in that much of a rush. But I've just started reading the audiobooks mm-hmm. or listening to the audiobooks. So I've got like two or three of them under my belt, and I I actually really enjoy the books. And actually now I'm wa- now I'm watching season two of The Witcher because I'm that far behind on things, and I'm like, wow, they really this actually does really keep to the written story pretty well and considering it's it's all short stories every one of these are just interconnected short stories mm-hmm. uh the episodic nature of the tv show really works for it because it'll just be oh that was one of the stories that i read this was a story i read this was a story i read yeah that felt i i did i did like that a lot there was a lot that they did change in those but i thought yes. that I, I i really did think that the episodic nature for the short stories was really cool um. Oh, we got to. I don't remember what that West the 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 game the Old West or the Wild West or something West. We spent a lot of time at Artel Story, and if you can't tell, uh, they had this book and some. It, it was listed twenty twenty two rules games rules of the year or something like that. They won some award, uh, and it was a person who basically built an RPG around the Old West. 
this book was at least two and a half inches thick. Like, it was twice as oh, thick no, no, as no, the... Don't forget, it's not the Old West. It's the Old West and aliens abducting cows and stuff in the Old West. Oh, it's it's it, there's a supernatural Cowboys thing to and it, aliens, but, baby. But uh, it's twice as thick as the... The big, the BR. It was, B, the it was 800 really? pages. I did, I did he make a note of it. 800 pages, mostly lore. But the person not only did that, but they went through and found a lot of the real stuff, mm-hmm. real people from, tied it into real history, uh, and then went in and tried to make sure that there were characters there that were maybe you wouldn't see in normal westerns or in regular stuff that you hear about. Uh, a lot of the female characters, the, the uh, Asian you know, population that was there in the old west helping the to build stuff. And that, right? Yeah, the you know the uh, uh, you know the the black people who were back there. So tried to be inclusive and have all give all of these people who were maybe not in your fifth grade history book. Mm-hmm. You know, because it we all well it, any history book because is, the pharaoh yeah. in the fifth grade history book looks like Jason Bateman. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so uh, here you got a person who went and researched all this, brought in all these characters, all this stuff. I may go, and here, folks, we all know I don't play a lot of games. We all know that I do, however, read a lot of games. And that type of, I may never play that RPG, mm. but I want to read that book. I mean, first of all, it got, it's got an award for rules writing, and it's so lore dense. I'm like, oh, I think I might need to come back and buy this. But unlike Kevin, I knew I had just started walking around, and rather than put a 12-pound book in my bag to walk around with, I said, I will come back for this when I'm about to leave. I didn't, but we have two more days, so I'll probably pick it up tomorrow or Saturday. Oh, totally, yeah. You uh, also have to tell them about the uh, the card game, the vampire game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, that's Renegade, right? Yeah, Renegade Game Studios. They had their. They had two separate rooms. They were in these separate rooms, and one of them had uh, the vampire games. It had some game. What was that game called? Fuse, or what is, uh, the one? The one that was ten minutes. Oh yeah, that was called Fuse. It was. If, if you guys have ever played like something like Five Minute Dungeon that has like an actual straight up timer mechanic involved, yeah. it, this had this has a ten minute timer on it. So. Kevin, you have to go in and look in. They're doing demos. There's an app. The guy had his phone sitting there with the app, and it's literally got a 10-minute timer on it. And basically, what you're playing with, it's all gonna. It's got 10 minutes before it all blows. Okay. And you've got 10 minutes to salvage what you can. The game is literally exactly 10 minutes long. So you're playing with your friends, doing your little movements. I noticed it said 10 minutes on the box, and I was like, hmm, that seems like a very specific amount of time to be to be guaranteeing to me here. So I so I asked the guy, and I'm like, oh, and he's like, yeah, it's got like a, a real timer and all that. Yeah, it's a free app to play the game. It's got a real 10. You can use any 10-minute timer. Right. But it's got the, it looks like one of those old digital bomb it's Countdown. got sound. Oh, okay. It's got sound effects. It can. Ha- <laughs> it apparently also calculates victory points if you don't want to do that. So that's something. Well, too. my brother and I have Oculus Quests, and one of the games we played a lot during pandemic was a game kind of like that, where one person has a, a book and trying to describe you how to defuse the bomb, and the other person has the bomb in front of them in the room, and they have to. This just... sounds like the single most stressful experience of my life. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. It, it, we, it's. <laughs> Arguments inducing, but the thing is, is, if they don't describe things well to you, you cut the wrong wire, you blow up. 
they're safe because they're the they're the people reading the manual uh, back at the and station. And it's VR. That sounds awesome. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. This sounds like uh, it's it's basically a board game version of it. That sounds great. So yeah, it's great. It's like a game, but like minus the trauma-inducing bomb blowing up in your face. Yeah. So I think I might pick that up as well. Although I wasn't planning on picking up a lot of stuff, but there was a couple of things I saw that just made me go, "That's cool." Oh, I, I have this. to go back and look at the cyberpunk stuff anyway because I didn't even get a chance to look at that. No, <laughs> we didn't get a chance to look at that. We did see they had all their new RPGs. Cyberpunk there. Red, cool. They had okay. First of all, they had the My Little Pony RPG. Mm-hmm. They had the uh, GI Joe. The Transformers RPG books. Then they had the Power Rangers one. Mm-hmm. And then they had a box set. I pointed this out. It was very interesting. Tell them what it was. So it was a box set of the core rules and 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 the core rules. For those who aren't counting at home, that is six copies of the core rules in each of the colors of the six Power Rangers. So, if you really wanted to have a specific book for when you're playing a specific ranger, now you can fulfill that wish for you. Or, if you're playing with your friends, and you know everyone's going to be a specific ranger, you all chip in on the box set, and everybody gets their own book in their ranger's color. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure about that one for myself. I, okay. I wouldn't I'd, do I'd it. Bought, I've bought box sets of stuff before. I bought the box vampire set, but that came with three different books. Yeah. Not, I, now, to be fair, we're not certain. Although it did just say Power Rangers core it rules on every book. Core rule book. Every and there was single six of one them was in shrink wrap in a box for set. Color. And they were all different. Uh, just the six colors. I don't want to guess what that cost, but I think I can get just one and some spray paint at the same effect. Uh, <laughs> no, no offense, but there are some crazy games like the niche and the little, uh, like those franchises that you don't expect to see in games now. So you saw those type of things. You also had things like I saw uh, Rear Window, the Alfred Hitchcock movie. There's a board game for that now. I saw the box in one of the display cabinets outside the hall where they had a display cabinet for the different, like you could rent that for your Mm -hmm. vendor and it had the vendor number and and the booth number. I saw that rear window because it, yep. it was Jimmy Stewart too. It wasn't like it was, rear window. It was fully licensed, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, they had ET with the bike ride uh, sort of thing. There's now that board game that's out there. Uh, there and were the Goonies, the Goonies, and then all these uh, Disney franchises. So like uh, the mountain ride from Disney, uh, they had that there. They have, of course, the haunted mansion. That's been out, I think for a while. I now. think so. But, yeah, it's just amazing all these small, obscure little pieces in that. One I am looking forward to, it's not really obscure, but it's really taking off uh, uh, the board game Root and all the different accessories. Oh, my God. Chris I love that game. That game is so Christopher good. has that, and I think oh. he has one expansion, and he brought it over, and we played that. That's great. And, okay. Uh, just for anyone who doesn't know, your woodland creatures, yep. the different races of woodland creatures trying to... You know, build your little place where you live in the forest, the root, by the the roots of the trees. The The different clearings, yeah. If you've ever played Chaos in the Old World, Mm -hmm. where you're one of the Chaos Gods and you each have your own victory condition and your own strengths, your own weaknesses, it's this 
but with like birds and squirrels, and it's like it's it, it's, it's so family friendly. A, it's turned up to eleven though, because it, it's not a game I would show to people to who who aren't really interested in gaming because every faction plays incredibly uniquely. Like the like the actual like structure of a turn is asymmetric from player to player because you're playing different factions, and that's just how it works. It's yeah, crazy. If, if, if yeah, it's not for a it. I mean, you could get a casual gamer who would, who might like it and get interested, but you would literally have to have you. I I could not see taking say three casual gamers, no, and teaching each of them at the same time. You would have to have a couple of people who know how to game and one casual, so they can learn that faction and learn how to play the game. And then if they want to expand, they can, because otherwise you're teaching three new players who don't generally play games. Mm. Three basically completely different sets of rules at the same time. It's so deceiving, though, because it looks, oh, this would be a great thing to play with my kindergarten uh, child. No. No, it's not. Absolutely not. But uh, during trade day, we had the, uh, the reception at night where we had a lot of different publishers uh, have booths. And I was speaking to the fellow who does the Root RPG. Yeah, I saw that, too. It looks very good. I'm going to go back there. Actually, um, I already emailed him, so we're going to get make sure we get those ones into the store because it looks fantastic, and there's ways of making that family-friendly. And Six Squared, we already have a line. Uh, Duncan Shadows is one of the artists we work with, and we produce uh, his miniatures, and he does all these anthropomorphic uh, creatures, so we already have all the miniatures you could use for the RPG. Oh, it's cool. It's fantastic. Cool. Um, what else? Oh, okay. And then we got to play Vampire uh, Rivals. Rivals. That's what the game is called. And this is... Uh, it's a card game. It's an expandable card game, but it's not a collectible card game because I no longer play collectible card games. It's cool. It only has five expansions. That's definitely not super collectible. Well, but you know what I mean. I don't have to, I don't have to deck build. That is true. There is absolutely no deck building in this game. And also because it's not it's 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 not like uh, okay, those living card games too. I don't mm-hmm. like that either. I don't want to have to buy okay, you don't have to build a deck or you don't you know you can but you you just buy one of but I have to buy one every month and I want right. to you can just play that with the base set and be completely content with your life. Like if you love it you can pick up expansions, but it's not like they are going to wildly change. It's like more clans, yeah, more things like that. Yeah, it just adds essentially more player options. Right. Um, but if you don't know, it's from the game, the from the uh, role-playing game Vampire the Masquerade, and you were playing vampires. Um, it starts off, there are four, clan, four of the vampire clans you can be. And if you've ever played uh, uh, Vampire the Eternal Struggle, which is the, the collectible card game, it's a which I found out is actually still in print, which I thought was shocking, but it does exist in a real capacity. I did not know that. You I can buy that. more cards if you want. Um, now Christopher Barnett, he loves that game, and he has a lot of cards. And I had a lot of cards, and I said I never really learned to play this that well. And we played it, and I like it. There's a lot of rules to that game. There's a lot of rules to follow. There's a very specific pattern and way you can do things. He also, like, builds decks for us that we said that we would want to play, and then he just, like, makes that for us so we don't actually have to, like, go through that whole process. Yeah, I've never so you built pl- a deck so it's in a my deck, life It's a game. deck that you actually did want, and it is, like, decent. Yeah, so Christopher, having played it a lot, like, when he was, li- when he was in Indiana living there, 
they played a lot. So he had all these decks built, and once he realized Chris Harrison and I would play, we would play, and he would be like, well, what, what, kind of, what clan would you want to play? And he would mm-hmm. build us decks so we didn't have to. And then he would explain to us basically how they worked. Nice. Problem is, just, there's so much in that game, and I would constantly forget a rule, and I would do something stupid and screw up and lose my game. And Chris never wants to win because you screw up. He wants to win because he does better. Mm-hmm. And so I would lose a lot based on doing something dumb. And it would yeah. kind of aggravate the whole table because I'd be like, wait, I can't do that? And they'd be like, Dave... No, you can't do that. Oh, no, like that's seventh not this time. Kind of and I'm action. like, oh, I fr- oh. I, that's not that. Ki- um, so now all of that to say this rivals is vampire. The eternal struggle streamlined. Sit down and you're in an actual city. So every turn you're flipping over cards. So there's characters in the city. So that, that's like uh, the city kind of plays like every at the beginning of every turn. You open your turn by flipping over a city card. And that shows like an event that's happening in the city or a lot of times there's people walking around and things like that targets for you to for for you to go after or we flipped over one which was like uh you know military guys who are part of the you know hunting down vampires okay so there's dangerous stuff coming up too uh the whole object is to get to 13 influence points and then you can take over the city um just like any other game just get these but so it's if you if you've ever played Vampire the Masquerade, or if you've ever played any White Wolf RPG, or if you played Vampire the Eternal Struggle, the card game, it's it was great. Now it helped that we had played these things before. So as he was explaining it, it wasn't a lot of explanation. It was mm-hmm. sort of like here was the- like some straight up card anatomy that was taken from the game that I was like, oh wow, yeah, okay, I see. I've got these disciplines at this level. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, right. literally along the side where the disciplines are either in boxes or diamonds, that's down the side of your card in this as well. It's just like, so it, it we, he just basically had to explain how the turn worked. And once we'd gone around and had one full turn, we did like two more full turns without really much help. And uh, we learned how to play that quick. And that is at Harrison's Game Store. So rather than buy it here and lug it home, we'll just pick it up from our friendly local game store when we get home. Yeah, I'm not into lugging anymore this weekend. But the whole thing is, I think that's one I definitely want. I like those games that they come out now and it's a deck. And the deck is constructed, that's the way. And the deck is themed so it feels like the character or the situation you're playing. Exactly. There's another game that uh, Brian and I uh, have fallen in love with. It's called Unmatched. Have you ever heard of that I've game? I've heard of that. I it's haven't gotten to play It's a miniature card game. Uh, small little map sort of thing, and it's a one-on-one, so you can play Sherlock Holmes versus Bigfoot or, or versus the T-Rex from Jurassic Park or Power Man from the Marvel Universe. And you, you choose a hero, Achilles, Little Red Riding Hood, and then you play against another person, and they have a map that is one of the milieus of those people. But the decks are finite, and the decks are geared to feel like the character. And it works out. The Invisible Man feels like the Invisible Man. It's pretty awesome. That sounds cool. Yeah. D- Disney Villainous is a lot like that too, and I like. I, I really like that game. It's yes. Like I just have to. And one of my the things I like about it is that I get to pull my cards out, shuffle the deck, and now I'm ready to go. Exactly. I, I like those finite feels that they are the character sheet. It's a great mechanic. Exactly. Um, so we went around. We looked at those things. I'm trying to think. Did we see anything? What else did we see that was cool? 
the guy with the multi-level glass shadow boxy thing with all the video game stuff was calling it. I'm going to take pictures of that. I'm be, I will, I'll take pictures tomorrow and post yeah, some of those. Yeah, that was really interesting. This guy was building. He had a... Uh, like shadow boxes with late like layered panes of glass to like create like different scenes from stuff it's it was a it was incredible video oh. games you've played before the the Rankin bass hobbit that built and it was just like every layer of uh, like the farther back it got the more full it was so it actually had that weird glass layered feel to it yeah toll painting is yeah. what they do with the paper like it was like things my mom used to do right uh and he had a bunch of them up there and they were Gorgeous, mm. and they had for old video games, newer video games, uh, different fantasy setting things that you've seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, just fantastic. I, we almost we almost bought one. But then once again, that was a. I am not lugging around a box of glass. Yeah, that didn't sound like a fun. I don't fun know if time. that's going to get home. I'm like, we're gonna we're gonna take a business card and order where he can pack that nicely and <laughs> ship it. I don't care. I'll pay for shipping, but that I'm not. Yeah, I'm not messing with. A big a bunch of glass forget about it and the other game i'm really excited about that i got a chance to uh talk to the creators of, about on uh, trade day was the new thing from whiz kids which is D onslaught the new the minute strategy miniature game you were showing me that that looks pretty cool yeah so the way that's going to be working is you have two uh it's a one versus one game so where you have a party of adventurers so you'll have uh these five characters on there and there's scenarios to go through uh, that you're trying to fight them on top of you're fighting the board because you have monsters that you have an AI for, but you also have some semi-control over that can get in the way like trolls, black dragons, and the likes. Nice. Yeah. It sounds cool. It sounds very cool. And they have like uh, the Harpers and the Red Wizards. Uh, they have an entire plan made up for it moving forward. And people who already collect those D&D miniatures, from, uh, they can actually use their collection in the game which is kind of cool. Oh, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, they have a proxy list so that uh, the characters in the boxes, it's expandable. So you're going to have eventually 13 archetypes. But those individual models that come in those sets, you can proxy out to all the other ones you have in your frameworks and the likes as well. So I think it's really nice. And a nice nod to the people who have been supporting them over the years because they do make some great models. Yeah. So um, that's... That's kind of about it. Like tomorrow, we've got uh, some events we're going to. We're going to a couple of games and things like that. And I think, I think the the movie we're going to is tomorrow. I think movie tomorrow and uh, puppet slam, satanic puppet panic. Sl- yep. Um. So that's it. I think we're going to wrap this up and we're going to pull out reality shift and have a game after I put away all this recording equipment. Um, but hopefully we'll get back on. We'll record another uh, episode tomorrow uh, about what we do tomorrow. And then one for Saturday. We'll put these out a couple days apart. Just some garage gaming goodness, stuff that's not necessarily Games Workshop, but fun things that we are playing. So until tomorrow, folks, um, only the faithful will meet. Uh, did I screw up my own clothes? I'm pretty sure you did. That is this. La- I think it's um, one Coke Zero too many right here. Might yeah. have been the check the expiry date on that day. Yeah, might- <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. Until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall, and only the faithful know no despair except in failure. Right, right.
us through the yaya's now. I'm... 